Welcome to HII Talking Points, a Huntington Ingalls Industries podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to HII Talking Points. I'm Phoebe Richards, and with me today is HII President and CEO, Mike Petters. Mr. Petters, as always, thank you for joining me. It's great to be with you again, Phoebe. So last week, you issued a message to employees about the recent tragic events and unrest that has spread throughout the country. Today, I want to talk about that message and how it applies to HII and our communities. So to start, your message to employees emphasized trust, and you said there is clearly a lack of trust in our nation right now. Let's talk about that current lack of trust and how we got there. And in your opinion, what does a trusting community look like and how do we get there? Well, thanks, Phoebe, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk about this. Um, I, I chose the word trust because I think of all the ways that I can describe my own personal journey uh, in this, on this issue, um, I have, uh, I have to say that trust has been at the center of my journey, and I'll, I'll, maybe we can talk some more about, about that. But let me start out by saying that um, uh, I, I, I'm not sure there's a word in the dictionary that describes how I felt um, when, I, when I saw the, the, the murder at the hands of the police two weeks ago. I, I just could not believe, um, and, and frankly, it was not the first one in the last few months. Um, you know, when we saw the video of um, uh, Ahmad Arbery in Georgia, in Brunswick, which is a, a place that I've never spent a lot of time in Brunswick, but I know where it is. I was stationed in Kings Bay. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of know that part of the world. But when I saw that video and I thought, how could that happen in this year in this country? And to follow that up with what happened to um, George Floyd, I, I just could not. There's not a word to describe how I felt about that. Um, you know, I've seen words like appalled, uh, devastated. And I would say I would say all of those apply um, but beyond that, um, I felt a, just a, almost an overbearing sadness. Um, sadness for the families, uh, but beyond that, sadness for our nation. Yes. Uh, that, that we are, you know, we are aspiring to do so many things, and yet we are, we are where we are. I, I would say that, you know, if I had seen those things when I was, 15 years old, I'm not sure I would have had the same reaction as I do today. And why do you say that? Well, you know, I think what happens as you live, go through life, you, you start in a circle of family and community. In my case, I, I grew up in the county on a farm in the South. And so there was a circle of folks that I was very comfortable with. But as I got older and I started to um, venture into other circles, my circle expanded and more people came into that circle. Uh, and people would come into the circle that I wouldn't be comfortable with. But over time, 
you would learn how to trust them. They would learn how to trust you and your circle would be bigger and you would have a little bit broader view of, of, uh, the world of yourself, your role in it, how things work and all that's all that sort of thing. Um, you know, and I went from, uh, the farm to the city for, for high school. I went into the Navy, uh, for college and, you know, went and, and, and the circles just, for me just kept expanding. Um, and so you would think that that's a great path and you're going to get to a point where, you know, you, I came out of the Navy and I, I started working here in the company and the circles expanded again. And, you know, and today I'm the CEO of a Fortune 500 company and, and that's a circle itself. And that circle is even bigger than, much bigger than it was when I was 15 years old. Lots of, lots of different kinds of people in that circle. Now, not everybody in that circle grew up on a farm. Right. So they don't have that experience that I have. Um, but I didn't grow up in the big city. And so I don't have their experience either. And over time, I've come to appreciate that that's, that's different. But um, I, had a, I, had a, if, I had, a, had a situation come up a few years ago. It was, I think we all know when it happened. Um, it was in 2016 when Colin Kaepernick took a knee at a football game. And now in 2016, I was the CEO of Huntington Ingalls. And I had been on this lifelong journey of building trust and getting comfortable with people around me. And yet, as a veteran, um, my, my view at the time was the flag was something that represented the aspiration that is America. I, and I will say, even then, Phoebe, I never thought that people stood up for the flag to honor veterans. And most of the veterans I know don't think that. Right. They, we, we are, you know, we who served don't need that. We didn't do it for that. When we stand for the flag, we are standing for a vision of America that is laid out in our Constitution, you know, liberty and justice for all. And we recognize it's an aspiration and we recognize that we've got work to do. And when, uh, and when Colin Kaepernick used his platform to take a knee to highlight that we were falling short, I have to say on that day, I didn't agree with him. Uh, I didn't think it was uh, the right place. I didn't, I, I just thought, I thought he was misusing his platform. I, I thought all the things that you've heard people say. Mm -hmm. And a few days after that, a couple of folks, we got into a discussion, a couple of folks that I trust and who trusted me brought it to my attention a different way to think about that. And, um, and I am forever grateful for that conversation because it, com it completely changed my view of what that's all about. And frankly, it helped me think through the question that we've done in the company around, um, let's make sure our least empowered people feel that, you know, our, our least empowered people feel confident enough to contribute to our success. That's our, that's our HII approach. Um, it's very clear that where Colin Kaepernick was coming from, that he felt, uh, he felt that he had to make a statement knowing that it would be, it would make people uncomfortable. Uh, but he felt like that by making people uncomfortable, maybe we would make progress. Right. And today I say that, um, you know, that was a very, very courageous thing for him to do. And I, and I admit, I did not say that on the day that he did it. 
right. um, I, I would say today. And I said, you know, and the reason I could was able to change that view was because people trusted me enough to come and talk to me about their view and we shared our views. And in the course of that, I was open to understanding their perspective and, um, and got a whole new view of, of, uh, of how things need to move ahead in this country. And so I chose trust in the memo last week to, to kind of in some way talk about, that's what my journey has been about. It's been creating circles, building trust in those circles, putting yourself in a place where everybody in the circle is empowered to come back and talk with you. Um, and you come to a better place on a foundation of trust which then empowers people to contribute. And, and so, so from my standpoint, trust is really what, um, you know, what I, what I see. And I, and I can absolutely understand when you have things like this going on in 2020, in the 21st century in the United States of America, and you have things going on like this, um, I can understand why a large portion of our, uh, community, particularly our African-American part of our family, don't trust institutions that we invest in for our shared and common success. And if that's the case, then it's incumbent upon all of us to work on that. Um, it's not somebody else's problem. It's, it's our problem. Right. And so in, your opinion, in your opinion, you know, this has already happened. We're seeing the unrest nationwide. Where, how do we go from here where we currently have a lack of trust to, to build that trust back or develop it for the first time? Yeah, gosh, uh, boy, if, if uh, I've watched really, really eloquent national leaders try to talk to that issue, and I'm not sure there's a silver bullet. Um, personally, I, I think that you can, there's only so much that you can count on other people to do. You know, there will be a lot of discussion about policy. There will be a lot of discussion about rules. And in fact, inside of HII, there's going to be a lot of discussion about what is HII going to do. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say institutions like that, including HII, we will do stuff. We will do more. And we will double down on the, on the approach that we take. The, the progress that we've made is, is nice, but it hasn't been fast enough, and we need to do more. Um, but I'm also going to suggest that we've been working on policies for, you know, since the mid, literally since the Civil War, but, but in earnest since the mid-60s. So more than 50 years of policies, and we really haven't made great progress. And I think that this is one of those times when we're going to have to take it into our own hands and start building trust one person at a time, one household at a time, one neighborhood at a time. Um, that's hard work. I, that's hard. That's slow. That's going to be, you know, it, it, people won't be, I mean, I, can, I understand the impatience, but I also think that uh, now's the time for people, they're searching for what can we do. And I think that if nothing else, you can find a way to build, build your circle and create more trust um, is, is a path to, to move ahead on that. Uh, you know, in some ways, I, I think back to some of, and I think a lot of us have these experiences, whether it's in, in sports or music or in other things. Um, you know, I, 
if I, w- I, I was a water skier, I still water ski, but I water skied as a young, as a youngster. And, and a friend of mine used to say, if you're not falling, you're not trying hard enough. And so maybe there's a message in that, you know, if you go to the gym and, and you do um, 15 pushups every day and they're really easy for you, maybe you need to try to do 20 and get uncomfortable, you know, and that's how people, you know, doing one more and being more and trying to create discomfort in your own life um, can help create trust in a circle. And, and so to me, I think that beyond all the policy things and everything that all the institutions are going to try to do in the end, if we as individuals are not trying to create um, some discomfort in our own life to go deal with this and use that discomfort as a way to build our strength, um, then all the policy solutions in the world won't matter. Right. I think what I'm seeing with these protests, because they're so significant nationwide, we're seeing a diversity within the people protesting. Do you think this time is different? And do you think people are really willing to, to get uncomfortable after George Floyd's death? Well, gosh, I hope so. I hope so. I don't ever want to see that again. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't ever want to see uh, what happened in Georgia happen again. Um, you know, and I would hope that we could do that. Um, but I, I, I do worry, uh, for all of the great value that the protests are and demonstrating the, the, the nature of what we have to do and the change we have to go take on. I also believe there's an emotional piece of this. And I do worry that when the emotion starts to fade, the energy will start to fade. And that's kind of, for me, let's, let's channel Let's protest, you know, go ahead, uh, protest as long as you can and as long as you like, but let's channel energy when the emotion recedes, let's channel energy into creating discomfort in our own life so that we can then grow as a person, we can grow as a family, uh, we can grow as a neighborhood and we can, and we can grow uh, as, a, as a community and an institution. I think that's, that's where it's going to go. And I, and Phoebe, I remember as a child, I remember uh, this cartoon from the, um, the, uh, there was a cartoon from the revolutionary war that was the bundle of sticks, you know, and it's the United we stand divided. We fall. How do you break up a bundle of sticks? Well, you can't break the whole bundle, but you can surely break them one at a time. We are in a place today where we are in a global competition with folks who do not like our way of life. Uh, they see us as interfering in their way of life. Um, they want to change the way we do business. And if we are divided the way we are today, it won't matter how good our ships are because the divisions are going to be, our own internal divisions are the greatest threat that we have. Uh, and that then goes to education, that goes to communities, that goes to health and safety, all of those things that we've got to work our way through if we're going to be competitive in this uh, uh, competitive, globally competitive 21st century. Right. Well, Mr. Petters, thank you for sharing your thoughts and perspective today. And thank you for uh, tuning in from our listeners. Well, thanks Phoebe. Thanks for doing this. And uh, uh, you'll, we'll, all I can say to the folks that are listening is that uh, at HII, you're going to see and hear more of this down the road as we go forward. We've got to get this right. We've got to get this right as a company. We've got to get this right as people. 
we got to get this right as citizens of our communities and as citizens of the nation. Thank you all very much for everything you do. Thanks for listening to HII Talking Points. This podcast was produced by Huntington Ingalls Industries Corporate Communications Team. We welcome your feedback and ideas for future podcasts at www.huntingtoningles.com slash podcast.